Hello and welcome back to That's Debatable. I'm Miles. And I'm Creed. And today we'll be discussing if the world should pursue global denuclearization. I'm going to be arguing for denuclearization. And I'm going to be arguing against denuclearization. Um, and just a, just a statement, these the arguments we're presenting do not necessarily reflect our own beliefs. We're just trying to bring both sides of information into this so that you can make your own choices. Um, we'll kind of be playing as if we do agree with whatever side we're talking about. So um, it'll sound kind of like it's from us, but it doesn't necessarily mean that we totally agree with everything. Uh, yeah. Anyways, uh, to start off, off, to start us off, um, the main point that uh, people make when saying that we should not pursue denuclearization is the fact that um, once we start moving towards denuclearization, there is a chance that other countries may take advantage of it. And so we'd have to have a full on global effort where every single country will move at the same time to denuclearize. But that's a bit of a problem um, because we know many countries will not exactly follow those um, those requests. I mean, it's definitely a tough task, I'd say, to get everyone to comply. But we've definitely seen good steps in the right direction. Like since uh, the height of the Cold War, national nuclear weapons have decreased to basically one-seventh globally of what they used to be. So that's like um, you, the US, Russia, China, like all these different countries have agreed to reduce their nuclear weapons. So I, I definitely think it'd be hard to erase them completely, but I think we have to try just given the destructive nature of the weapon. Yeah. Um, and as I was saying earlier, I mean, the problem with part of that is we will see, I mean, we did see countries denuclearize, but we don't, we don't know how far down they'll go that path. Um, you know, some countries may, decide to not denuclearize. And then at that point, we have to ask ourselves, well, are we going to keep um, closing down our nuclear weapons facilities or like, you know, decreasing all of that while these other countries may be growing their nuclear arsenals or, you know, because not all countries are going to be super happy to get rid of their nuclear weapons. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it would take a lot of coordinated effort for sure. and there'd have to be some way of knowing like exactly how many nuclear weapons each country has in somewhere like North Korea, where we're not exactly sure just how many they have, but there are like agreements in like the UN. I'm pretty sure that countries are agreeing to denuclearize that to denuclearize. Yeah. But that's, that's also just the UN and also We've never really successfully had one big government across the world, I guess you could say, where like mm -hmm. everyone kind of works under one big thing. I mean, we, we'd also to denuclearize completely, which is what many people are saying we should work towards. I mean, that's, that's pretty much not going to happen. If, if someone knows that they can have some big weapon um, that that's better than pretty much any other weapon out there, there's, they're going to try to keep a hold of it and they aren't going to be happy if, if it's taken away. So yeah, that's, that's a bit of a problem, but. Okay. But 
the problem if we decide not to pursue denuclearization is the effects of what will happen as a result. So war has been going on for as long as we can remember yeah. between major countries. And now nine countries have nuclear weapons. That's like the US, Russia, uh, Israel, China. UK, China, North Korea. Yeah. And so it seems like nuclear war is inevitable at this point. At some point down the line, with the destructive weapons we have, if two or more major countries gets involved in some kind of conflict, it could easily escalate into the highest level. And that has some pretty major implications. Yeah, I, I can see that. But I mean, all these countries that already have their nukes, I mean, they're going to they're gonna want to hold on to them in case something like that does happen so that they can defend themselves. Because, you know, if, if countries don't comply with denuclearization um, and others do, then it's going to leave the ones who do comply with it um, much weaker and at a higher chance of being attacked by countries that don't, don't want it. And also nuclear weapons have been really helpful in preventing wars. Um, I mean, there's, cause there's always that risk of, Hey, if you attack us, we've got these massive weapons that could take out your whole country for X amount of years or whatever. And so um, like in the cold war, they, they had all these military, not, not military, but political wars, but, and threatened to nuke each other, but it never really happened because both Russia and America knew that if, if someone shot a nuke, it would basically be the end of both countries. And so um, even though there is a chance that uh, countries could go into a full on nuclear war, um, just having those weapons actually kind of deters it because they both know how, how bad it's going to turn out if, if they do go to a war. Yeah, that's true. We've had peace between the major countries for a very long time since like there's some type of peace, not not for yeah. long. But. Yeah, I mean, not like a total war, you know. Yeah. But if we look towards like World War One, before that we had about fifty years of peace in Europe yeah. between the major countries. And some people thought that war was just like over that because we had like these so much more powerful weapons for the time, of course, mm-hmm. that war was just done. It couldn't happen. But what we saw is it just killed more people than ever before in Europe. Like yeah. 15, 15, I think like 15 million casualties. And I think that was uh, World War Two, right? No, no. Million? Oh, wait. No, World War Two was like 60 to 80 million. Oh, wait, no, yeah. That was way higher. I but, think you something else. But anyways, the point is that escalations in military capability aren't going to forever prevent war. They may be able to delay it, but ultimately the war, that war is just going to be even worse than it would have been otherwise. Yeah. But then, you know, we don't, it's, it's risking it now if we try to get rid of those top level weapons, because then it's, automatically opens up a position for another country to take advantage of a country that's getting rid of their nuclear weapons. Um, so yeah, there is always that chance of a greater, a greater war. I mean, the world's, as you said, been warring for forever and it's not like that's going to go away, sadly. Um, 
but you know delaying it as long as possible is is probably better than just being stuck in a constant war yeah one thing i found was that the perceived threat of a country manufacturing new nuclear weapons could also discourage conflict so basically even if no nuclear weapons are available at the time there'd still be the threat that another country could make them and that still leaves some nuclear deterrence yeah it does in a way but if if a country knows that another country has a capability um but isn't actually making them and then they're at war they might take advantage of that and maybe get rid of those facilities that could be used to make a nuclear weapon so that's mm-hmm. that that's like an interesting point but it's also when it comes to war i think people are extremely ruthless in many of these scenarios and so having like a oh hey we have the chance to make them but we don't actually have them doesn't seem seem as good of a deterrent as actually having them so yeah. it it's kind of like you know it it would be great if nukes never existed i mean that's something that einstein he said he didn't want the splitting of atoms to be used as a as a weapon but uh it happened but yeah if you know not having nukes would would be great but we can't we can't get rid of something that we already have um especially if there's countries that won't get rid of it and will take advantage of other countries if they get rid of theirs that is true but this is kind of a non-negotiable we pretty much have to get rid of like <laughs> this is our only option left is what i'm saying I read an article that said that if America and Russia got into like an all-out nuclear war, the global temperature would drop 10 degrees Celsius after two or three years from all the smoke in the atmosphere. And to put that into perspective, the temperature change from pre-industrial times to now has only been one degree Celsius. So 10 times that would be like disastrous for the world. Yeah. Yeah. And it take the global temperature to 41 degrees Fahrenheit. And that's five degrees below what it was during the ice age. Yeah, that's, that's a really interesting point. Um, I mean, that is, that is if we go to a nuclear war. And I think even though some countries are, you know, are willing to use their nukes more than others, I think both, all countries know that if, if they do get into a nuclear war, it's it's really going to be a massive a massive problem for their country and all the other countries around the world so i think just the threat of hey we're going to go 10 degrees down in temperature our country could be it, it could be destroyed i don't think many countries are going to be willing to take that risk and it is a problem as he said like there is there is that chance but i believe it's an extremely small chance and the reason it's an extremely small chance is because other countries have those nuclear weapons and would be willing to defend themselves. Um, I mean, unless some one country decided to take out another um, while being willing to have theirs destroyed, I I don't think that's going to happen. And I don't think really any country is willing to do something like that. So the thing is, it's not always like a black and white decision just to start a nuclear war or not. Like, let's look at what happened in the Cuban Missile Crisis, which is about the closest we've ever gotten to war or to nuclear war. It was with 
Russia, they were assembling a nuclear missile 90 miles from America in Cuba. And so America sent a blockade there. And a reconnaissance pilot was actually killed while he flying. Was shot. Yeah, he was yeah, killed yeah. while flying over Cuba. And America at one point was considering potentially invading Cuba. And if they mm-hmm. had Cuba plan to launch nuclear missiles at America. So it just shows how quickly these things can escalate in when weapons are left in the wrong hands. And there were several yeah. other close calls during that sequence. And one historian called it the most dangerous moment in human history. Also just, it's too much power in the hand of one person. Like, like in America, it's pretty much just the president and a few people close to him. It's not quite clear. But to have such few people have such great power is a questionable policy. I mean, are we going to spread out that power among (laughs) everyone else? Like, take a piece of a nuke and be like, here, if you want, you know. I I think that is a problem because we can't, we aren't going to distribute a nuke to every person in the world that's, you know, giving too much nukes to the world. But then (laughs) if if we try to denuclearize, it is going to leave a certain amount of nukes within the power of a certain amount of people. It's that's, that's kind of a problem because with, with your argument in a sense, because it's like, you know, Oh, there's not enough nukes to go around or we just need to the, get straight rid of nukes. That's not I, I know, that's not, I, I know, <laughs> but like, it's, you're never just going to be able to get rid of nukes, I think because of the risk of other countries not complying. And then, you know, we have to keep nukes within the power of a certain amount of people because we don't want to hand, hand them out to some random person on the street. Right. We don't want to give them the, the option to do something like that. Um, So I think, yeah, it is a lot of power within, you know, a small number of hands um, or small number of people, but I think it kind of has to be that way in a sense. Well, I'm not talking about like, countries yeah i don't want to like distribute a nuke to like every american citizen or whatever yeah (laughs) but (laughs) i don't want to either (laughs) but basically it's just the idea that like the president specifically has all that power Mm -hmm. like if you get someone who's like literally mentally insane in the president position and they have no care for like their country or like their own lives as unlikely as that is, that's still somewhat of a risk. I mean, they'd have to get a lot of votes for that to happen. And I don't (laughs) think many people are going to take a mentally insane person and put them into office um, as much as many people say. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I, I can see that. But there are other people than just the president who can call nuke strike and it has to be more than one person too it's it's not like one person can be like oh we're gonna nuke this country no it, it's i think it's the head of defense is one person that has well it's kind of i think it's two people it's the president it's, the president then, is one and he has to consult with like uh, he has to consult with a bunch of people and then a few uh, it's like well, but yeah. it's even kind of unclear because 
it's never actually happened. Yeah. So we don't know if the president would just like go well, through it with it. Well, it technically anyways. has happened twice. Okay. Well, I don't know exactly what procedures they use there or whatever. Yeah. But I, I understand what you're saying about like, hey, these people have so much power. What if they're, you know, bad people? Yeah. But that's, I mean, it's at that point, it's up to whatever. I mean, who gets elected? Because it's the country's, it's kind of the country, when the country votes for a president or something, they're voting for everything the president's going to do, um, whether they think about it or not. So if they vote for someone who's crazy, then it's, you know, they they put that person in in control. So it's, you know, it is putting a lot of power into that person's hands, but it's not, it's not just him in a sense. It's also everybody who kind of got him there, him or her there. Mm -hmm. okay let's switch topics a bit i want to ask you what do you think is the lowest point that countries should get in terms of nuclear or denuclearization i mean obviously having no nukes and never having the ability to make them would be kind of nice but it's that's not going to happen i think if we did denuclearize we should try to Try to keep it under 100, I think, throughout the world. I, I don't think we have much need for more than 100. I, I don't really have a great reasoning for <laughs> that answer, but um, I, I don't think we should have massive stockpiles. That, that seems kind of extra and irresponsible in a sense. Yeah, um, yeah and that just it's just a lot of tax dollars going to waste. Yeah, I mean... The tax dollar thing is another position that people have is like, hey, we're spending too much or and then other people are like, hey, we're spending too little on this sort of nuclear defense. Um, And the average American taxpayer spends about two hundred twenty five dollars a year for nuclear weapons compared to an average of about thirteen hundred a year for car insurance and then twelve thousand a year for health insurance. So it the whole big number of X like 25 billion or something sounds huge, but when you break it down, it's, it's a lot less than, you know, some other types of insurance, but yeah, that's, that's an interesting, interesting thing. Why are we comparing this to insurance though? (laughs) Well, no, I'm I'm just saying like, that's the amount that, you know, taxpayers pay or like people pay. I mean, the thing is, if you break down, it's not, it's not that close to insurance, but (laughs) I'm just putting numbers out there. If you break down any number into like per person basis, you're obviously going to get a pretty small number. So like, let's look at this at the macro level. Okay. So America spent $35.4 billion on nuclear weapons last year. And you think how much better purposes that money could go towards. And that's just for like creating new ones. We already have like above 3,000. Yeah, I think we have the most nukes in the entire world. Oh, right. um, um, we have more nukes in America than the rest of the world combined, I think is what the numbers are. Actually, we have over 5,000, almost 6,000. And Russia is also at 6,300. 6, Wait. <laughs> yeah, they actually have more than us. Oh, Probably what? the one you were thinking of was like them combined is more than the rest of the world by a long shot yeah. 
Okay, so another major facet of nuclear war is that it involves civilians in a conflict that they're not really a part of. Like, if it's just a war, it's between the two sides of the military. But if you, like, drop a nuclear weapon on a city, that disrupts every every part of life for everyone. It's just another escalation of the war that's uh, unnecessary. Already going on. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I don't think anyone's really like yay go nuclear weapons yeah yeah no one really i i wouldn't say that anyone really wants them to be dropped um and it is a big problem with including civilians i mean in a war though if there's already a war one side who wins is probably going to take control over a certain area of that other country and so that's already affecting those civilians and like those civilians could you know get attacked anyways and it's so even though it's i mean it sounds pretty heartless but like that's that's gonna happen i think no matter what in any war not not necessarily any war but in many wars that type of thing probably happens um which is really sad but um i i it, yeah it is a massive amount of people that are unnecessary uh, yeah, there's not a necessary reason to kill them, I would say. Yeah. It, there really never is. But I don't think this argument is all about like, hey, is this morally good? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I would say most people, pretty much everybody would disagree that nukes are morally good. But um, yeah, I, I can understand that point. But I think at this point, nukes, we have to kind of have that type of nuclear weaponry as more of a deterrent um, instead of like an actual use, we actually use it. Um, let me see. I had something about this. Yeah. Um, let's see. Give, give me a second. Okay. So um, Stephen M. Younger of the Associate Laboratory Director for Nuclear Weapons wrote that the principal role of nuclear weapons is to deter potential adversaries from an attack on USA, our allies, our vital interests, and our vital interests. Um, so, so I think that's, that's another thing. Is just the main use of nukes seem to be more of a deterrent. Um, yeah. Do you think that one is... There, you continue. Okay, yeah, because the second we go to, into an actual nuclear war, everybody pretty much knows that how whichever countries are involved are are going to be severely destroyed for the up next you know however many years mm-hmm. um yeah the lack of war for the past like however long it's been isn't necessarily We're, due to just nuclear weapons like there's been other things that have contributed to the world being much more peaceful like the spread of democracy is one big one. Mm-hmm. There has also been a, tr- a retreat from land-based wealth, which has resulted in less imperialistic countries. Yeah. Well, I actually saw someone when I was doing research on this, and I was looking at your side of, or your taken side of this subject. Um, I actually saw that brought up in an article. Um 
yeah, that, that is an interesting thing, though, how, yeah, it's obviously not just nukes that are keeping other countries at bay, but I think it is, it's still a part of it. I mean, yeah. you know, we could have an increase in democracy in other countries, and we could have an increase of, you know, all these other good things. But even then, if certain countries had nukes and others didn't, I think that the countries with nukes may take advantage of, of having nukes even though they may be more of a democracy um, or be less focused on land-based wealth. So that is true that it's not just nukes, but I think nukes are definitely a, a big part of it. So another thing to consider is that all the progress we've made towards peace could be undone in one big nuclear catastrophe. So as much as you could say nuclear weapons deter war between the major countries, that could all just be lost with one accident. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's always a massive risk of having nuclear weapons. Um, and it's kind of going back to the point you had earlier on. I think just, you know, it's, we're trying to avoid getting into that scenario, but it's once we have nukes, we can't just put them away and make them disappear for forever. So since, since they've been created, there's always been that risk. Um, so I, I don't think, you know, I, I hope that's not going to happen. I don't think it's going to happen. But um, yeah, that, that's a risk. But in denuclearization could help lower that risk. Um, but I don't think it's going to eliminate that risk ever. Um, I mean, if we get rid of nukes completely, we know that all these countries are going to be able to recreate them. So it's not like that risk is ever going to go away, sadly. Um, well, the thing is that you couldn't just say you're going to denuclearize now and follow a set path. Like this is how many nukes we're going to eliminate in this amount of time. You, you mm -hmm. kind of have to take it as it comes, if that makes sense. So yeah. it, it's all going to depend on how other countries that are bigger risks like North Korea with nuclear weapons, like yeah. if they decide to join in or if they resist it, then we may have to stop. But I think it's something we should definitely aim for. That should be the ideal, even if it may seem unrealistic. Yeah, um, but there, you know, there's always going to be that chance that hey, you know, maybe they stop nuclear. I mean, if maybe they do denuclearize down to zero, but you know, there's always going to be that chance of them rebuilding it, and it's, it's hard to do it's hard to build a nuke but there's always going to be the resources in a sense to do that um, yeah complete so, complete denuclearization could cause risk like another arms race just starting mm -hmm. up from zero what some countries would have insane advantages but i yeah. think before we get to zero we'd have to have some insurance that the international government could somehow keep track on these countries and make sure that they don't abuse the system. Yeah. But, you know, countries will find a way to abuse this. So it's like a massive, it's a massive problem all, all the way around the board that yes, we could demilitarize, I mean, not demilitarize, but denuclearize everything. But there's, you know, there's going to be countries that maybe will find a loophole or something and take advantage of that. I mean, countries are always going to be trying to get ahead of each other in most scenarios. So I don't, 
Yeah, I'd yeah. say the risk of something happening, an accident happening, when the world is closer to zero nuclear weapons, that would still be far preferable to an accident happening now when there's tens of thousands of nuclear weapons available. Yeah. Anyways, that 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 makes a lot of sense. That yeah. you know, having less would be nice, but we'd have to get all these other countries to join and be like, "Hey, yeah, that sounds like a great idea." And then every other country has to trust all the others, and that's a massive problem because when has every country in the world trusted another? So, anyways, I I think that pretty much ends it for this week's episode, and just restating what we said at the beginning, this whole conversation, um, all these points that we made don't necessarily reflect our own, our own positions. Um, we're just trying to bring you both sides and it's up to you to decide how you feel about this subject. And we advise that you actually research more into it. Uh, we try to bring as much as we can, but we don't have all the information. So Mm. it'd be highly advised to do your own research too, into, um, make up your own minds don't let us make them up for you yeah Um, also as yeah as creed said these don't necessarily represent our own opinions but on top of that they also don't represent the opinions of kmih 889 the bridge and so with that i think we'll say goodbye and we'll catch you in the next one on kmih 889 the bridge